This is Histories and Mysteries. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley, and your other host is... Jessica. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us. He was a student of Heaven's Gate, and his name is Sawyer, and he has very kindly offered to join us today and answer some questions for us following last week's episode on Heaven's Gate. So we're very happy to have him here today, and we're very appreciative of that. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Well, greetings. I am glad to uh, participate. We're very happy to have you here, too. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that you'd like to say to start, like to introduce yourself a bit more, or... Well, I, uh, I, I I always have a lot to say about everything. So, uh, um, but I do want I do like to people to know that um, there is no uh, existing cult anymore, and uh, and uh, that they were never like uh, they were, they were never like anybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. There was no abuses in the group, and there was no Nobody was held against their will, and uh, um, there was no motivations to, you know, for T and O, the teachers, to have power over other people, or, uh, or, and uh, they didn't want us to stay in as their students unless we really wanted to be there. But if we really wanted to be there, then they insisted that we go along with the program, just as if you uh, joined. Uh, a college class room and you had a professor that, you know, take that same attitude. And it was very much like that. And, uh, so, I mean, and so there's no, there's no, uh, some people, you know, say, is there still a a suicide pact of any kind among people that are new believers? And there there is not, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not even appropriate, uh, um, for people now to uh, choose to uh, uh, commit suicide because we need our human bodies in order to um, uh, learn lessons in the world. That's what the whole world was created uh, to be a school in my, um, according to Tiendo and I believe that. And, uh, and so having a body is necessary, but it was a little different circumstance for the ones that graduated the school to leave it by their own uh, choice, which I can bring a lot of evidence of that. Yeah. Their own choice. Yeah. And I think that um, you cover that in one of our questions later on too, which is really nice. So it's a good perspective. So I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So if we wanted to start with the first question, if that's okay. So um, you kind of just touched on this, but now that T and Joe have ascended to the next level, who's the head, so to speak, of Heaven's Gate? Because I know there are people still managing the website. So we just wanted to know a bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, The people that are managing the website uh, are people that I know, actually, uh, very well, because I was in the group with them Mm -hmm. for many years. And uh, they are a dropout just like I am. There are no leaders. And uh, um, so uh, the leadership is basically uh, 
all the teachings that were left behind that Tiendo left behind. And that's, it's a lot of information. There's gigabytes worth of uh, data in audio tapes that are all digitized and, uh, and videotapes and uh, uh, documents. So, and their website, of course. So, so uh, Mark and Sarah, uh, actually Sarah, I joined with Sarah uh, from the meeting that we attended in Walport, Oregon together. And uh, uh, they took the task that Doe offered them since they didn't want to be part of the classroom anymore. And, uh, but they still wanted to serve Tian Doe. So uh, Doe asked them, if they wanted to uh, manage the website and they provided, Doe provided them with some money for that. Uh, that might've been exhausted by now, mm-hmm. but um, uh, maybe that's all I need to say about that. Okay. And thanks. so I think that in one of your previous answers that they kind of like in the social aspect of, in like interviews and stuff that they've kind of referred them to themselves as Tela. Um, would that not mean that they have ascended from the teachings or is there clarification you can provide on that? Uh, well, the, the word, the word, like you pronounced it, Tela, I can understand you're pronouncing it that way. T-E-L-A-H actually are, is an acronym for uh, the evolutionary level above human. Mm-hmm. And that was the terminology Tian Do uh, said was like an update to the kingdom of God yeah. or the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom in the literal heavens in outer space. Um, uh, putting it on a, you know, putting it on a more scientific, less religious um, understanding to that, which is more accurate actually, than the religious terminology. And uh, um, because uh, I'm going to explain that a little bit if you want me to. Of course, yeah, that'd be yeah, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, like the use of the word evolution uh, wasn't related to Darwinian evolution. It was related to the uh, what Tienda said was that the next level above human created the uh, mineral kingdom, the, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, and the human kingdom. And the human kingdom was created in order to be a stepping stone to membership in the next evolutionary step above human. And it's above human in every way, and even more so than the difference between the animal kingdom and the human kingdom. It's that much of a difference between the type of bodies that they have and and the way they think and their behaviors and ways. So now, so now Mark and Sarah chose to call themselves Tila. And I had, I expressed to them that I had some objection about that. They didn't ask me about it. I just saw it in a uh, interview that they gave. Um, Because uh, that's like saying that I am kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Which I can't be a kingdom. I'm a one person. You know, yeah. I'm just. Okay. I can say that I'm a student of that information, but I haven't ascended right. because I use that terminology. Uh, only, gotcha. only people that have ascended are 
uh, are people that are either in the next level, you know, for uh, millions and trillions of years, if you want to look at it in Earth time, mm -hmm. different planets um, uh, originally, where they were originally in a human condition. But uh, and, and so uh, um, there's nobody that's a member of that kingdom <clears throat> that's on Earth right now. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thanks so much. So and you had mentioned um, in your answer there that you had joined in like the 70s, you said, and then you were a dropout and then but here you are still a student. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey of how you kind of joined to dropping out and what that means dropping out and then where you are now. Wow. <laughs> it's a huge question. Okay. Um, well, um, there's actually a document that explains this pretty well. It's I can just tell you what the document is, but I'll I'll, get, I'll try to give you a brief of it. Okay. Um, but the document is is called Sawyer's story. It's on my blog, which is Sawyer HG, like a Heaven's Gate. So SawyerHG.wordpress.com. Okay, we'll link to that in our um, descriptions as well, so people can go read that. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'll get a, a detailed. Uh, answer to that question because it, it was like the beginning of an autobiography at one point that I was trying to write uh, but I, I didn't complete it but I I, did, I completed the beginning and the end of it so to speak yeah gotcha so, uh, so anyway but so I uh, I was a, a spiritual seeker in every sense of the word um, before I joined I was in my uh, early 20s at the time I was living in Oregon. Uh, I moved out there from uh, from New York, where I grew up on Long Island, and uh, with Sarah actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, we moved to Canada, but then I got deported from Canada, and I ended up in Oregon. That's a long story, but and it has a lot of twists and turns in it. But uh, so I so I ended up uh, building a house, trying to build a house in Walport, Oregon. When I saw a poster, actually, I was I was playing in a band in Newport, Oregon, and we came out from an out all nighter. We came out from the band and uh, uh, and uh, saw this poster on the wall that said UFOs, why they are here, where they have come from, when they will leave, and it said that this is not a discussion about UFO phenomena, um, but that two people say they have come from the evolutionary level above human and are here to show individuals uh, what it takes to uh, um, become a member of the next level. Now, that's not exactly quote of that poster. That poster is available on the Heaven's Gate website in their book. So uh, that's published for free and it's for free download there too as well. But um, but that's the gist of it. That's what it said. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, uh, UFOs. Okay, well, that didn't mean anything to me at the time. Yeah. I, I hadn't mm -hmm. studied that subject. This was 1975, and so I. Uh, but what it did mean to me something was I. I remember saying to Sarah, because we were looking at the poster together. Uh, I wonder if what these people are going to look like, you know, because they were, 
insinuating that they came from outer space. And so I was open to the idea that it was possible, which is a pretty strange, you know, I guess it, it just shows that I was, when you want to call it naive or whatever, uh, I wasn't closed down to that possibility. Mm -hmm. And so, and the other thing that struck me about the meeting poster was that it said that this was something that uh, some people have decided to give their all to. And that just like resonated with me somehow, even though I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. So I went to the meeting with Sarah and, uh, and the meeting was, um, I mean, there were some interesting things that happened there, but uh, I don't know how much of this detail I want to give you because people can go read about it. But mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, I just knew when T and Do finished talking and Do did most of the talking, um, uh, that this was what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I felt I felt like everything they said made sense to me, and even though I couldn't explain why it made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Part of it was because I came up from a Catholic background, even though mm -hmm. I never was really a working Catholic in any way. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I uh, and uh, but I had that that I, those ideas in my head. And I believed in that. I believed in Jesus uh, as being somebody special and somebody from the kingdom of God, even though I didn't really know what the kingdom of God was. I, I you know, I didn't have any ideas about that, but, uh, and so uh, they said very little about Jesus during the meeting. Um, but I, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of details in this and how I arrived at my mm -hmm. deciding to uh, go with them. Uh, but that's what, how I got involved. Okay. And, uh, so, um, but, uh, and so we did a lot of traveling and uh, for years and we lived outdoors, we lived indoors, um, uh, you know, in, in the West, in Wyoming and Texas and, Colorado and California and uh, Arizona and New Mexico and uh, mostly in Texas. Anyway, um, and through a lot of twists and turns, uh, one of the lesson pro parts of the lesson program, uh, which wasn't presented to us in the meeting, you know, the first meeting I went to, it was actually wasn't presented. Uh, even like several years after we joined, because we were living in houses at the time, the way I remember it. And that, that lesson was that to become a member of the next level, uh, they don't have any sexuality. They don't have okay. any procreation because they, they grow physical bodies uh, on a, like a vine, like a plant. So they don't, they don't need to grow bodies the way they designed it to work in the human kingdom through procreation. So uh, in order to become a member of the next level, our minds have to be uh, similar enough to the way they think and okay. act. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise there would be like a programming problem. Like in a sense, if you think of, uh, if you think of the things that we do that are normal to us, Mm -hmm. as like a program 
you know, it's not a bad program. It's not like somebody else was programming us, but in a sense it is because it's genetically where, you know, that's genetic code. It's, it said that mm-hmm. way for a reason, I believe, you know, it's, uh, and it changes. So it's not like it's static, but, um, and so we were trying to change our genetic code. Okay. So that we'd be a match for mm-hmm. a body that would be provided to us, to our souls. That's what's growing in the human kingdom. That's what gets, if you want to put it as, that's what graduates into the next level. The soul does. And the soul is also a physicality. It's a plasma-like physical. And it's given to, not all humans necessarily have one, but anybody that wants one can have one. (laughs) So, you know, and the next level determines who they give a soul to. So it's not anything that we can tell about one another. Okay. And uh, and even if you have a soul, it doesn't mean that you're going to grow it because mm-hmm. it has to be grown to become uh, um, um, uh, the minimum association with becoming a member of the next level to where you're working on spacecrafts in, in laboratories. Like, I'm not talking about laboratories where people are wearing white coats and gloves and things. I'm not saying exactly like that. Like a laboratory could be a weather lab where they're monitoring the weather of the planet. Yeah. And they're making things happen in certain ways and they're adjusting things and, you know, uh, according to their instructions and their, because they're working this as an experiment. They don't have everything like set in stone about everything that's going to happen. Uh, but but they have a general overview that's very specific also certain things that they do want to happen in a certain time frame and but what they what makes it the experiment is that um uh um they don't they don't pre-design how people are going to respond okay so um So anyway, I'll I'll get back to the question if I uh so I so on the on the on the lesson program so approximately like nineteen eighty or eighty one or something like that, Tiendo said to us that uh, we knew that we weren't supposed to be engaging in sexuality. Mm-hmm. And even in 1976, which was a year after they started publicly, yeah. um, there were some students that uh, were still engaging in some sexuality because we were living outdoors in tents. And and uh, and when TNL found out about it, they said they held a meeting and they said, uh, uh, if, if that's what you want to do, then you're not in the right place. Yeah, you're not in the classroom because we're not teaching that because we need to overcome that behavior because anyway, so that was one of our qualifications. And, you know, they didn't need to have students. They at first they didn't think mm-hmm. that we're going to have students. And it was right. a surprise to them. And it wasn't even that welcome at first in 1975 when they gave their first meeting at a private residence in North Hollywood in April of 1975. But uh but then when there were people that said, we want to do this, they said, okay, I guess our names are Bo and Peep and uh, you, you want to be our sheep. So uh, we're going to be your shepherds. 
you know, and so, uh, you know, they didn't say all that, yeah. but that was the bottom line of it. Right. And, um, cause I wasn't at that. I hadn't joined by then. So I didn't know, okay. it. but, um, except from the, what I learned later from other people, but uh, anyway, so, so, so then, so what they did is after they, after they had that meeting where they said that there can't be any sexuality and there was some reports that some people were still smoking pot and uh, they said that's not part of the the, pro- the program either. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, um, so, um, but a little while after they had that meeting, they separated 19 individuals from a group of about 100 and uh, sent them to a different location. A different camping area because we we were leaving actually to get away from the snow in Wyoming, mm. and so we went to Utah, and we and we we didn't know it. I was in the bigger group of people, and uh, we just were in a in a, in a camping area, uh, and uh, Tindo came to us in a meeting and said uh, that you all made the first cut. Perfect. And I didn't know what that meant, you know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but I found out that 19 individuals were separated and they were sent to a different camp and Tiendo stayed in touch with them for a while. And then it's a long story, but some of those individuals ended up rejoining. And that's also a long story <laughs> that happened because it wasn't that easy to join. No. Yeah. Uh, it was easy to leave, but it wasn't easy to join. And uh, so, because she didn't know where they were. Yeah. You know, and uh, there was no way to get in touch with them once you were not with them. So anyway, so, uh, so then, so, um, so then several years later, when we were living in houses, um, Tiendo said to us that we need to not only stop our sexuality, uh, which included in your mind, you know, not thinking about it and, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, um, that's what they included. They said, you need to do this in your mind as well as with your actions. Yeah. And so, uh, and so they, they gave us ways of dealing with the thoughts that would stimulate that. And part of that was part of the whole program was to cut off your past mm-hmm. so that you didn't make any associations and uh, to any of the things that would trigger those behaviors. And not that they're wrong and they're not moral behaviors that are wrong or anything. They're just not common to the members of the next level. And so we need to start the programming to change that in our heads because the soul is what holds the programming. And uh, and we're putting we're deciding what programs to put into our soul. And it can be a program from the next level or it can be a program from the human kingdom. Uh, uh, and the, human, the program from the human kingdom is that sexuality is normal and and even beneficial and useful, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and everything that comes with it. And uh, uh, but in the program from the next level to become a member of the next level, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that overcome, and it takes a lot of mind strength, yeah, to uh, adopt that new programming. Mm-hmm. And that's how you build your mind. And Tindo, Tindo taught that the mind was like a muscle. 
uh, and that the more you worked it, the more it actually grew. And what we were actually doing was we were growing the soul. Perfect. Okay. Become a, a more dense, more powerful, uh, uh, new member of the next level, potentially. Mm-hmm. Because do- that's what ended up graduating. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I do find it very fascinating that um, they're all about like no sex, no drugs, because a lot of groups around that time circulated around that kind of stuff and all the negative behavior. So mm-hmm. it's very refreshing to hear this positiveness about it, right? Yes, I know what you're saying from the different Netflix movies that I, that I watch. I only get Netflix because I don't want to buy it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've watched, you know, the Bhagwan or Rajneesh and the Scientologists and a number of different groups. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I knew about a lot of them before before I saw those movies. But uh, yeah, it's like the the even a lot of Christian evangelicals, you know, end up and of course, you know, people that aren't religious also a lot of their downfall is by getting into different forms of sexuality with their students and, and, you know, and, uh, and group sex, everything that, you know, like with the Raelians and, and uh, so that's one way that the next, that T and those group really stands out separate from most all the rest. I'm not saying all the rest because I don't know, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, but most all the rest that I've seen about or heard about. But what I'm what I'm getting to with this part of it, I give you a pause there in case you want to edit a lot of that out. But <laughs> uh, is uh, is that um, I thought I was doing a good job with that, yeah, getting rid of my sexual programming, but uh, and the hormones in through your body is part of that. And because uh, um, they trigger thoughts, they trigger feelings, you know, um, to where you could, you know, like, like for me, I could just, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a tiny, tiny bit graphic, but nothing, you know, uh, obscene mm-hmm. That's okay. We but, talk uh, about some graphic stuff on here. When, when a female that was a female that my vehicle was attracted to in the group, the classmate, would even bend over. You know, so that I would be looking at our backside. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, I I would like my eyes would go there. You know, mm-hmm. not that I would have any thoughts about it. I wouldn't have any sexual thoughts about it or anything like that. But I could have, but I I didn't want to have any of those thoughts, so I, I just cut them off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I learned to block them. Um, but but the, that automatic response gets more and more sensitive. Like for someone like me, it did. Um, to where, you know, I, I could just, you know, if I saw any flesh on the person, it was like, I could, it was, it was very hard to distinguish until recently, actually, or I'm saying recently in the last 10 years, I noticed that, you know, uh, I get little subtle, uh, senses of, uh, things that are stimulating, uh, my vehicle, my, we call mm-hmm the body, a vehicle, mm-hmm. because okay. it wasn't who we really were. I mean, mm-hmm. we're a combination of 
were the combination of the genetic mind and the environmental mind when we grow up from a baby and everything in society that happens to us, the parenting and the caregivers or whatever it is. And, and, and then the third part of our, our mind that we would say is the third eye, whenever we're using the word I, we're actually one of those, one or all of those three. The third part is when we take control of our vehicle and we say vehicle, no, I don't want you to do that anymore because, you know, however we do that, we might just not want to uh, use drugs anymore. And yeah. so we might say, I don't want to go down that road anymore. And so whenever we're doing that, we're using next level mind because it's okay. not part of the program for the animal in us, the human part of us. Uh, sometimes it is, maybe there's mixtures of it because even in the genes, there's next level mind. So, um, so I can't say, you know, those three aren't totally separate from one another. They're all interrelated. And so anyway, I got off on a tangent there, but, um, but, what I ended up finding out was that um, I was not actually following some of the procedures we were given mm -hmm. uh, to um, to keep on progressing in changing the programming. Okay. And so I ended up uh, ending up giving into sexuality with myself. And so at that point we had, uh, we had a, uh, we had taken some kind of vows that, uh, that giving into it to any degree was grounds for being dismissed from the classroom. But when I did it, uh, repeatedly, Doe said that, uh, he felt like I had the makings of a good member of the next level. And so, um, uh, uh, he didn't want to throw me away. That was his words. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so I worked on it for a while, but I didn't get better. And so then one time Doe said to me, he was going to promote me to a overseer task. No, it's not really a promotion. I mean, I saw it that way because I had more responsibility from it. And it, it was, there was more responsibility with an overseer task. That, that was like, like, let's say you had a crew of individuals that were doing a project. Mm -hmm. They could be traveling around the country giving meetings. Okay. Uh, so they, they assigned one partnership to be overseers so that they would be in communication with them most of the time on logistical things and things like that. And so that there was more responsibility in that. I just want to explain that, that it wasn't. But it didn't make me any better than them, the other students. Because, which I proved that because I gave into sexuality and the other students didn't and they ended up graduating. Yeah. Um, so, and I didn't because I, uh, I flunked the course. So now Mark and Sarah also flunked the course. Yes. And, but they did it in a different way. It was a different lesson step. I won't go into that unless you want me to, but. Um, I mean, if you have like a very, like if you have a brief explanation of it, that would be interesting to learn. All right. I'll, I'll try to give it to you. Um, we were living in Boulder, Colorado and, uh, and Doe was living in the same house with us. 
which we called a, a craft, like a, like a spacecraft, short yes. for spacecraft, even though there's no paraphernalia that anybody from that would look at it and say, oh, they're, you know, they've got pictures of Star Trek or something. We didn't have any of that. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it, was, it was made completely normal looking for the sake of the, our cover, you know, of not being exposed. We were living like 20 and 30 people in a house that was a single family house. Yeah, for the anonymous. And stuff. And the, if the realtor came in, you know, we, we didn't want, or the workman or something to fix something, you know, we didn't want them to walk away and say, there's pretty weird things going on there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, because so, we just didn't want to be interfered with. Not that we were doing anything to be ashamed right. of or embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, uh, so, that was the time when right before that, even like six months or so, actually more than that, even years before that, um, we had the lesson step that was called, I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And the the way that was given to us was uh, before you make a decision on something where you're using your judgment, preface it with, I could be wrong, but I believe this or I, I think that, or it seems to be that this is the case, you know, yeah. uh, it's raining outside, you know, but that wasn't actually a, a good example of it because um, uh, that's a bit of an extreme to, you know, <laughs> yeah. to say I could be wrong, but it's raining outside, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but, but even if, even to use it in that context, wouldn't have been wrong to do because you were trying to do the best job you could with, and and the purpose of it was so that we would be giving Tiendo our will, which Tiendo told us in 1978 that they needed from us. And Tiendo said that, well, T told Do privately that she thought when she said that to us, because T said most of the biggest steps came from T initially. And, um, uh, she said she told Doe after she left her body in 1985, which uh, was cancer, and that's a big story. That Doe said she burned out our vehicle dealing with the negativity from the world and and everything, but um, which was appears to be which it was part of the program from the beginning that Doe had some hints of from things that T would say over the years. She would say that I'm uh, uh, I'm here to just get you started, and then I'm going back. And Doe would wonder. Uh, he told us he, he would wonder what she meant by uh, going back, going back to her her family unit that she left behind, mm-hmm. and he couldn't imagine that because of what they've been through before that and uh, together. And uh, when she her vehicle died. Uh, um, um, Doe felt like he knew for sure then that was um, what she meant that she was going back to her next level position yeah. to resume and you know this is uh, I'm, I'm getting way off but I can't talk about T without saying that Doe uh, believed from his experience with T that T was his older member. That's how they talked about membership in the next level. It was older members or younger members. That yeah. was all there was. There were, there's no designations. There's no people don't wear hashtags on their their sleeves that show that they've been <laughs> in the next level for so many eons or whatever. You know, yeah. uh, 
or or they're older than everybody else. But you re- but people know that the younger members know who the older members are because of their vibration, their okay. contents of their mind, their souls have grown so powerful that it doesn't mean that they're overwhelmed. You know, I don't know, keep on getting off on this. I know there's so many aspects to this, you know, it's, it's yeah. almost impossible to, to try to put it in a nutshell and do it justice. But, um, so where was I? Oh. <laughs> uh, talking about Mark and Sarah, and I could be wrong. Let me go back to there. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I, I think know. it was I know, um, I know. right because I go so many down, like they call it now, rabbit holes. Right? <laughs> I think but, it was how Mark and Sarah um, became dropouts. Right, right, how they became dropouts. Yeah. And, and so, uh, what? 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 Um. So Mark, who is a very keen mind, uh, very sharp, uh, very intelligent, uh, he didn't want to use that phrase in front of choices and decisions that he was expressing while he was working in crews, doing things. You know, we did the same things everybody else does. We worked in the kitchen. We called it a neutral lab, the nutrition lab. We worked in 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 the laundry. We called it the fiber lab. They changed our terminology so we wouldn't relate to our old programming about all those things. Okay. I was going to ask that question later on too, because you had mentioned um, like the different terminology for underwear or like bras and stuff. So I was just wondering why it was that different terminology and that's a really good explanation. So that's good. Okay, cool. I, uh, yeah. So anyway, so, so it came, kind of came to a head to where his partner, we were always assigned to be with somebody else. Well, not all the time. I mean, we slept in a bed by ourselves, but we were mm-hmm. in a rest chamber. We called it the rest chamber. Yeah. And uh, uh, with other people, but usually of the same gender, unless there was somebody that was attracted to the same gender, and then uh, they might be with the other gender. You know, uh, which I didn't know all about that necessarily because I wasn't the one assigning those positions, the sleeping arrangements. T and Doe did all that originally, but then they had some overseers do it at at some points. But anyway, so uh, but uh, but they they didn't want to use that, or not they because Sarah wasn't. So anyway, the partners. That's why I got into the partners. Uh, the, the partners that were partners with Mark, uh, um, if somebody wasn't the 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 the, the uh, instruction for a partner was to be helpful to one's fellow student, one's partner in the way of helping them stay on track with abiding by all the procedures and behaviors and ways. And uh, you included your facial expressions and which was supposed to be pleasant, not, you know, overly exuberant or overly depressed, you know, uh, they were to bring it to our attention. The partner was, was, instructed to bring it to the attention of the partner 
if the partner wanted that. And Tiendo had to remind us all the time to ask your partner for that help because a lot of partners don't want to say anything critical about somebody else. Of course, yeah. And and we were actually, that was part of the program was we weren't supposed to be critical of our partners and, and other, unless something just hit us in the face as this was not procedure. Like if you, you know, if you did something that was not, and we had procedure books on everything, you know, uh, that developed. It wasn't like T&O gave us, you know, thousands of things to do. Just like in the Old Testament, you have all these different rules. They mm-hmm. didn't all come about necessarily all at the same time. They came about because of questions and problems with different things that people were trying to work out. And so Moses would continue to try to give them uh, new new ways of thinking about it and new instructions, even procedures to handle things. Uh, um, and I could go into all that history a lot, but uh, my book does a lot of that. But um, uh, so anyway, so what ended up happening was we had a procedure that the overseers of the lab or the, uh, you know, like the neutral lab or the fiber lab or the uh, overseers of the craft, the house, um, uh, could call a help wanted meeting for somebody else. So this, this is like, and Jesus actually talked about this. Uh, so you bring it to the community. If somebody is not um, uh, abiding by what we all agree to abide by, by our choices, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so the partner would have brought it up to him first a number of times, but I was never his partner, so I I don't know what how that happened, but uh, but uh, so the overseer ended up calling a help wanted meeting for him. And and Tindo would have known about this because the partners would have been writing notes to Tindo saying, you know, I, I brought this up to my partner, um, you know, not Tindo at that time, but Doe at that time because T was outside a vehicle. But we said that no procedure started with Tindo together. So uh, that communication method, um, that wasn't the only method of communication, but it was one one primary way that we could communicate with Tindo directly. And nobody else would read those notes. And uh, so anyway, so uh, so we had a help monitor meeting with uh, the student body. And uh, and it, it didn't change what Mark felt. And uh, he didn't feel like he wanted to say he could be wrong about something that he felt like he was right about. And I was in that meeting, and uh, and we had more than one help wanted meetings, and 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 Sarah kind of gravitated to being with him, okay. and being on his side. But she didn't say that. But she just ended up uh, like when Doe would have a meeting after that, uh, sitting really close to him, and in a way that wasn't really procedure anymore because we didn't touch each other. Um, we did a little bit of hugging at one point during the special occasions when somebody would be away for a while and they would come back and they, they said that we could give the person a hug, you know, but they were trying to keep us separate because they we didn't want to stimulate somebody else's feelings in that regard. 
And we didn't want to be stimulated in that regard. You know, even though that person might not have that vibration with them, sexuality might not even be a problem with them. But we just had that general procedure not to, because members of the next level don't have any desire to touch one another. They, they do experience love and joy and feelings. They have emotions. Um, but, uh, but their vehicles aren't experiencing that. Their minds are experiencing it. Yeah. And, uh, and the minds don't need to be touched to experience that. And we know that, you know, people, humans like myself and others know that. So um, anyway, but, uh, and so it, it got to the point where Doe said that um, um, since Mark doesn't want to, go with the program and Sarah wants to be with him. Uh, that, uh, and the names that they used was Mercody and Serifody. That was the names they chose as Mark and Sarah. Um, that became Mark and Sarah now. Um, they, uh, 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 so they were, so Doe told us that they were going to be leaving the classroom. Uh, I mean, instructively, it was uh, it wasn't on their own volition necessarily, uh, although it was indirectly on their own volition. Yeah. So, so anyway, so Doe gave us instructions to each person go up to them and say to them that. Um, uh, um, uh, if you if you want to come back into the classroom by by following all the procedures, uh, you're welcome, and we welcome to have you, and uh, something like that. You know, we didn't yeah. have exact words that we had to follow with that. Mm-hmm. But, so I I did that as well, and so they left the classroom, and and then they were given the opportunity to return at one time as as I was also after I left. And uh, they chose not to, but they decided to give them a task. And uh, he also decided to uh, give everybody a task at this time, whether they were in the classroom or not, to stand up for T&O as the, the main task that is part of uh, uh, showing our support for them. Mm-hmm. So... Did you drop out prior to T leaving her vehicle or after? I dropped out in 1994 in September. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was, T left her vehicle in 1985. Okay. So it was after. So how was the dynamic after she left? Was it like astronomically different or was it similar? Um... After T left her vehicle, it was different in that T wasn't in the meetings anymore, of course, yeah. and uh, with, her, with her vehicle. And, uh, and Doe was distraught by that. But the only evidence I saw of that was, you know, uh, that he recovered very quickly and, and continued on with doing the task. Mm-hmm. Uh to finish uh, what he'd started with T. So it didn't really change in the overall picture. Where it changed was 
we started doing things that were, in a sense, uh, less restrictive in some ways um, and more uh, disciplined in other ways. Um, like, for instance, uh, he started us on a dietary program for health and longevity because he wanted he didn't know how long we were going to be on earth yeah. uh, with vehicles, you know. Uh, and so uh, he wanted to make sure that and it was also part of overcoming our likes and dislikes because food is not an addiction, but we can get into habits of likes and dislikes regarding food that can seem like an addiction, but we we need food. That's why it's not an addiction. But uh, so he started us on a, on on programs that he said he didn't need to go through. Um, That's why we didn't, even though T started the first fast we did on a liquid diet, which was a protein shake that had a bunch of stuff in it that was good for our health. So even T instigated that. And she had us on a Pritikin diet before that. Um, which was uh, low meat, not absent of meat, but low meat and, uh, you know, and quantity and, you know, everything pretty much well done and, uh, and uh, not too many, you know, uh, not too often. Yeah. You know, anyway, but, uh, so that, that that diet became a book that we wrote in the classroom on the first Mac, where you show a little smiling face of the Mac in in the disc. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that was, I forgot now what that first thing was. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. We wrote it on that. Not. that Macintosh. Yeah. A little tiny box, you know, about you know uh, a foot square or whatever it was, a foot and a half square. But uh, and uh, so we wrote it on that. And uh, we published it. It was called. It's called. It's still available online. It's called the Transfiguration Diet. And uh, uh, um, Doe had to sell it. Well, you know, he sold it after we published it. And I went around trying to sell some books at time at times. Um, but and uh, but then he sold it to uh, Doctor Christopher, Doctor John Christopher's son who still has the ownership of it. Uh, and it was based on Dr. John Christopher's uh, work with a mucusless diet system, which it was like a vegan diet, but with no grains ex- unless they're slow cooked. So it was a very, very uh, a stringent diet, like a fast. Mm-hmm. But I used that diet to heal myself of Lyme disease, and I was crippled by it. Wow. Literally, so uh, I know the benefits of that diet, which employs superfoods. Yeah, and you said that you grow your own food, right? Well, yeah, but not no, not nearly as much as I need to subsist yeah. on. Uh, no, I'm I'm trying to work up to that more and more. I'm I'm uh, I'm encouraging that because I, I you know when I when I pass away, uh, I want my daughter to be able to have that yeah of course mm-hmm. be able to grow food and and my partner my my daughter's mother who is not my partner anymore um uh she's the one that's doing most of the growing i just am preparing the soils and things mm-hmm. like that awesome 
That's still very fascinating. I like that. I wish I could grow yeah. my own food. <laughs> yeah. I'm awful. I cannot keep a plant alive at all. <laughs> well, I don't that way too, but I, I got better at it. Yeah. I just have I nowhere to grow my stuff. <laughs> really? I mean, I mean, I really, it was like, I, I, I tried to grow some things and they didn't grow. And, uh, I always overwatered them or I underwatered them. You know, I didn't know how to, yeah, how to figure out what they needed and you know take the signs that you get from the plants the way they're growing. You know, keep the bugs off of them and all that. You know, so it's a big mm-hmm. job. You know, yeah, yeah of course. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have time for it <laughs> or the space. <laughs> right, right. I live in the city, so I don't really have the space for it. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <laughs> Wish I could. <laughs> I got ten acres, you know, so uh, oh, you gotta wow. do something. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I would love that much. It was yeah. the size of a mountain, so it's not all that arrogant. You know what is what is arable? Arrogable? No, that's not the right word for it. I don't know. <laughs> Agriculturable? No, no. There's another word for that. I'm missing it now. No. I don't know either. The words always <laughs> escape us too when we're on here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm used to that. Uh, that's common for me. I do live streams all the time. And, yeah. you know, oh, okay. I can't yeah. count the amount of times I lose track of where I was. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I a rabbit hole and uh, I forget the names of something that I really knew really well. You know. Oh yes, my husband always brings it up whenever I mispronounce something or um, say a terminology wrong. <laughs> He's, he always brings it up afterwards. It's like, did you really say that? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So okay. So I have um a question. So you had mentioned earlier that um not every human has the soul. Um so what happens to the people who don't? What do you guys think happens to the people who don't have one? So they don't ever get the chance to ascend. What happens to them when they pass on? Okay, well, the, the, the people that don't have a soul still have a spirit. Okay. The spirit is equivalent, the word mind and spirit is the same word. And it's okay. actually separate from our brain. It's not the brain. It's, it, it's what works. It's, it's attached to the brain and also the, all the cells of the body. Okay. Also have a little bit of that mind in them uh and and when so when the vehicle dies that mind continues to exist okay it's a ghost you know people call them as ghosts or or discarnate Uh, they're they're separated from the body they're not in the flesh anymore that's what incarnation means is in the flesh and uh so 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 the, the next level uh that spirit and this same thing happens with the soul, but the soul is a little different. Maybe I should describe that first. Uh, like the, the way that Doe described it was that um, if you looked at the human body as a vase, like a, 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 a glass vase that was see-through, so that you could see okay. inside of it. Um, not that the human body is see-through, but uh, just, <laughs> yeah. so that you can just picture this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, like 
every human has like a balloon, you can think of it, that extends outside the body. Okay. Comes out of the top of the vase. And, you know, uh, you can even look at it as wrapped around the vase, whatever, however you want to look at it. But, um, uh, and, and that's where the mind is being accumulated programs, the likes and dislikes, you know, the, the things that our experiences are all part of that. It's all, it's all uh, programming and it's actually what becomes either adding to the genetic programming or taking away from the genetic programming, changing it, uh, you know, uh, making it, you know, going downhill or uphill in the sense of the health of the vehicle and everything. So, um, and the health of the mind as well. And in uh, the judgment of the next levels, judgment. And so, so now when the next level decides that they're going to come and send two of their older members to be present in, in the environment and taking over a human vehicle that was prepared for them, they put a deposit they called it a deposit of a soul, which is a container that's got a plasma-like physicality to it. That um, that's the way Doug described it, and he also called it a pocket. And he called it a pillowcase before he talked about it as a container, and uh, which has a set of programs in it that help people identify with the reality of the next level in whatever way they think about it or don't think about it. They may just have, they may not have any thoughts about it, but they have, they have that program there mm. and that program uh, can be grown uh, anyway. So it does, uh, but that program can also be uh, put down so that okay. somebody doesn't even have any recognition at all that, that we came about by being created by some, you know, amazing people or, or higher, higher source or, or higher power or however, you know, people want to think about it. God, right. Uh, uh, Allah, uh, Buddha, you know, Krishna, Vishnu, Vishnu, Krishna, Buddha, you know, or you know, all the different terminology that the religions have used because the religions all came from the next level. Yeah. Um, because they all have to do with what's outside the planet, you know, as being greater than us in, in different forms, different grade levels of growth in the human kingdom, um, stations. But uh, so, so, so that that soul would look like another balloon that's put into that vase okay. and uh, also extending outside the vehicle. So now the, the object of the lesson program is to um, get into the human kingdom. I'm, not, I'm talking about this as a genetic strain. So this happens over lifetimes to where the mind is developing evolu in an evolutionary way to, to have more next level programming in them as a part of that mind, even though the individual's in the human kingdom might not have a soul deposit. 
they're still growing their mind. Okay. That's a combination of, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about that because that would go down another road that's <laughs> pretty extensive to think about. And, and, but, uh, Okay, so when the body dies, if there was a soul there, that, well, no, the object is to get rid of the human programming and replace and and make that balloon empty so that it become, like Jesus said, become like a child. So you become, you know, well, I'm not saying all children are like this, but because, uh, uh, you know, but to where you're you believe things you know you're naive in a lot of ways but naive in, in a good way even mm-hmm. to where you're not you know conditioned to be critical of somebody or or you know even hateful of somebody and whatever it is you know you're uh non-judgmental you're not bigoted you know even though we have all that programming in us whether we recognize it or not the different degrees according to our genetics and our upbringing and everything uh, and that all needs to be overcome in order to graduate into the next level. But it's a, it's a, it takes generations and generations for this to happen. And so those minds that didn't receive that soul deposit, um, uh, when, when they lose their vehicles, even now, uh, um, the next level, they work very closely with hospitals. Oh, okay. And so, so they they actually see to it that some of the spirits go to certain locations, or uh, but a lot of spirits just stay where they are, and they they become helpful to humans a lot of times. Yeah, like like guardian angels, you know, to okay. where they say, you know, you don't want to drive ninety miles an hour on this road. No, right now. <laughs> no maybe, maybe I shouldn't drive if I'm inebriated. You know. Uh, you know, where those ideas come to them, so that, that can be the next next level way of helping people yeah. uh, by allowing those spirits to be their guardian angels. And then there's other spirits that all they want to do is get humans to do the things that they did while they were living. And so, you know, that might be to become a great flute player. You know, I happen to play the flute, so I use that example. I'm not saying I'm a great flute player, but I uh, <laughs> I can play it. All, all I saw well. the video. You're pretty good. Thanks. But, uh, but, I mean, but that's just an example. I mean, it could be anything. It could be somebody that, uh, raising children, uh, um, uh, uh, a garbage collector. It doesn't make any difference. It, President of the United States, it doesn't make any, any difference what it is in the human kingdom. There are all equal opportunities to become, to outgrow our uh, ourself, in a sense. Even though there's a value to having self-confidence and all that. Um, but that's one of the things that needs to end up going with, I could be wrong. Yeah. In order to become a member of the next level, because you need to start like, like you're an open book as a member yeah. of the next level. So that okay. you don't go into the next level and pretty soon you get there and you think, you know, they could be doing that a little bit differently, yeah. a little bit better, you know, because, you know, you, 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 you we don't have the capacity to tell the next level what to do and how to think. And, you know, uh, so, so we need to outgrow that before we are. So anyway, those spirits are all around. Uh, and then the next level at, at some point in the progression of the civilization, 
decides that the classroom is over. You know, the classroom meaning that opportunity to be in school at whatever degree that is. We called it the next level being with Tiendoa classroom as well, but that was an accelerated classroom because we were taken out of the world and put through accelerated things. But that didn't mean that we, we were better than anybody else because there's a lot of people in the human kingdom that were learning lessons that, uh, that I didn't learn, you know, that I needed to learn. Yeah. And, uh, even now, of course, even more now, uh, there's, there's people that are walking around. I can talk it, but, uh, and I can walk it to some degree, yeah. but, uh, but that, you know, there's no judgment between humans. We're all equal. And that's why the equal rights amendment and all that is were very positive things fostered by the next level to come about in order to prepare people for, uh, the time we're in right now. But, um, so, so nothing is lost in the next level. Okay. The, uh, um, uh, and every, everybody, they're, they're masters at making negatives into positives. So even like with all the negatives that come with COVID, uh, there's a lot of positives to be gained from it from our experiences with it and how we react to it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the government is in the right place. Because mm-hmm. maybe part of it is to see that, you know, there's other ways this could have been handled, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't into, I don't want to get into all that right now, but uh, I, I do and I will. And, and some of it's based on, uh, well, I should get into it a little bit, if, if you don't mind, a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, not big stories, just little things that Tindo said yeah. about choices. Uh, they, they, one, the big thing that separates us from animals is we have the choice not to be animals. Mm-hmm. Behavior, And so the next level, like for instance, Tindo said they weren't for or against abortion, but they were against the choice of having an abortion or not. Mm-hmm. And so to make that into a government dictate and to make everybody else pay for it you know what I mean for the choice yeah. um, might not be from the next level's mind I can't say because they didn't talk about it to that degree they just right. said that you know that was, that was an idea of choice they wanted people to have choices and so whenever I see the government trying to limit our choices now I'm not talking I mean they even wanted us to have the choice to build weapons that designed to kill humans with even though they didn't agree with that yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and uh so um uh so they, they let humans become what they want to become even as rotten as they want to become or as good as they want to become and it, it's all a lesson step and we can't judge anybody that's in government for what they're doing or not because we never know when they're going to change when they could change and we don't know what they're up against. We don't know what prepared them or, or, you know, uh, resulted in the way that they're acting and and the positions that they're in. So it's, you know, so, but we can judge behavior and killing is for a human to kill another human is not next level behavior. It's not, you know, part of the program. And that was the, thou shall not kill that. it's, It's not just, you know, but whether somebody would be right to 
be self-defensive against somebody that was harming somebody else. Uh, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but uh, hopefully um, if you are pulling on your next level, on the next level mind for help, or God help me with the situation, what should I do? You know, you wouldn't uh, try to kill the person that was trying to harm somebody else. And you wouldn't go to another country and kill a whole bunch of people thinking that you're protecting the ones in your country. That would definitely be not next level mind okay. to do that. And so, um, so, so like, for instance, on the vaccine sub subject to be mandated to be vaccinated to me is not against is against choice. We should have the choice. Yeah, of course. Um, do that. Join us next week for part two.